Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Prayer. You ready for it? So already I've just even, I've, we, we're going through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's, not a, it, it's not your prayer. It's, it's not like this, uh, you know, you don't say that and that is it over. It's really a blueprint of how to pray. And we, I want to try and walk you through some of it. I can't get through all of it, every aspect of it. But I'm hoping that you would be stirred in, in the area of prayer. Um, I'm just finding already that we've had a couple of people come back to me, even in this week. They say, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe just, just that first step of prayer, how, mu- how much different prayer has been for me. And that's exciting. That's what I'm hoping that you would have through the series, that there would be a renewed passion to pray. Amen? Now, I said um, previously that I-, I believe that people don't pray um, because they're afraid of what people will think. They're not sure... Uh, who exactly they're praying to, uh, and, and they're often afraid of what to say. And, and so I find that because they, because they don't come to an, a public environment of prayer and learn, private prayer is that much more difficult. And of course, we don't want to come to public prayer because we think that we suck at prayer, right? And the last thing we want to do is suck publicly, right? It's bad enough that I suck. I don't want to suck publicly. And so because I don't come to public prayer because I'm afraid of what you might think, I don't ever learn how to pray. And because I never know how to pray, it's really hard when I get into that quiet time. I don't know what to say other than bring my shopping list to God. We're tracking together. Am I right? I think I am. And so um, I'm trying to help everyone pray. And the reason I want to help you is because I think that some of my greatest breakthroughs has actually been when no one is watching. Some of the greatest moments I've ever had with God was when it was just me and God. Uh, I, I remember having a moment uh, on my knees. I broke down one, one evening and I was praying and praying and praying. And I had a, um, I had a gold chain because I was cool. And uh, I had this gold chain around my neck. I felt God say, take it off. That's what I felt. And I thought, well... I can't really take it off because I'm gangster and all of that. And, and so I don't want to be like kind of have less street credibility. I want my gold chain. And I felt God, I felt, I really felt, I didn't hear this audible voice. I really felt the chain had to go. And so I, I it was like this heaven, it's got to go, it's got to go, it's got to go. And so I'm trying to, you know, it's like there's links. And, and of course they made it well. So the link was like the, the clip. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find. And this, it's like, it's got to go, it's got to go. And I remember yanking it. And I remember snapping the chain. And as the chain broke, I just remember this freedom, bam. And to this day, I don't know what it was. I have no idea. I can't say that it was specifically this and from that day something happened, but something just came loose. And, and, and it never happened publicly. It just happened privately. And I don't know why we have those moments, but there's something special about having personal time with God, right? And so I want to help you to do that. That's what e-groups are for, where we can learn to make what we do practical, where we can pray in an environment where everyone sucks just like us, right? We can just do that publicly, and it makes it easier, makes it easier. There's nothing better than hearing somebody just like you struggle to pray just like you, and you realize, wow, I'm actually not alone. I'm also learning, and so are they. Amen? So... At the end, we're going to have an encounter evening. We're going to have a prayer night. I really want to get uh, all of you there. Um, and so Jesus is explaining. We're going to jump straight into it. Jesus is explaining a personal prayer. His disciples come and they're like, so how do I pray? Teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. How does this thing go down? 
And so if you're a follower of Jesus, this is where you have to lean in. Because if you don't know how to pray, how do you have that meaningful relationship with Jesus when prayer, it's like having a really meaningful relationship with a girl and you can't talk to her. You will never know how great her personality really is. Amen? You've got to be able to talk. And so he's explaining this and he he starts by telling them what it's not. He says, I'm going to teach you to pray. Let me tell you what it's not. It's not about how awesome you think you are. It's not about trying to get public recognition. It's not about the words that you have to say. You hear people who pray and they've got these words. And oh my gosh, you stand next to them and they just sound incredible. But their personal life, they've got no relationship with Jesus. I don't really care how good you sound outward. I'd much prefer you find it really difficult to say, but you have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. It's not about how great you are. I prayed so brilliantly. Hey, everyone, look at me. No one cares, including God. And that's a tough thing because there were a lot of people like that. So Matthew 6. Lord, teach us to pray. Tell your neighbor, say, be careful. No, you didn't tell your neighbor to be careful. You're feeling more like you're scared. It says, take heed, be careful, watch out. Teach me to pray, be careful. Teach me to pray. Watch out. Imagine that. Lord, I want to learn how to pray. Whoa. Hold on. It says, take heed that you do not do charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have a reward from your Father in heaven. Here comes warning. Therefore, when you do charitable deeds, do not sound a trumpet. Don't walk around. Oi. Hey, have a look at me. I'm awesome. I just gave someone 100 bucks because I'm good. I'm, I'm just cool, right? Don't sound the trumpet before, uh, before you as the hypocrites in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do charitable deeds, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that you do your charitable deeds that they may be done in secret. And your father, your father who is in, in secret uh, will himself reward you openly. It's easy to do something publicly. It's not so easy to do it privately. It's easy to give somebody a hundred bucks when you think you're awesome when everyone's watching. It's not so easy when you're going to get nothing back in return. Amen? Look at me. God's not interested. Verse 5, he says, And when you pray, shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Notice how your big mouth, looking for recognition, doesn't impress God, not one bit. I remember doing church with a guy. May he always only ever got healed by God when he was in front in the service. Only time he ever had an experience with God, Right? Always. He could be unwell all week, miraculously healed in the presence of God, always in the same place, always when everyone was watching. Right? When every, he's always had to have a public show. No sooner has he been healed does he want the microphone to jump up here and tell everyone, I've got just a quick 45-minute sermon for you on how God just healed me. Right? And the minute I said to him, I'll talk to you after, you don't need the microphone, I'll hear from you later, he never came back to church. Why? Because he wanted public recognition. 
Instead of just, instead of just glorifying God privately, it had to be a, this public display. And sometimes God does things publicly, and I think there's, there's something powerful about that. But it shouldn't be about that public display. You with me? But when you pray, go into your room. When you've shut the door, pray to your Father who's in secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There is something powerful about walking in that room, closing the door, and when it's just you and God. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions. That was put in for me. As the heathen do. Thank you, Lord. For they think they'll be heard with their many words. Well, he didn't listen the first time, did he? Like, if he heard me the first time, I'd be driving a Ferrari. Like, how many times do I have to ask? Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows all thing, uh, for knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. That's tough. That is tough. That is a difficult thing about prayer. So I told you last week, he wants you, not your shopping list. One of the hardest things we can do, I challenged myself this week, one of the hardest things we can do, I know it's hard because I tried this week, to go before him, tell him how great he is, and ask for nothing. That has got to be one of the most challenging things. I really worked hard this week. Lord, I love you. You're amazing. You're incredible. I know you can give me everything I need. I know that you can just supply all my... Hang on, I'll back it up one step. Let's just go. I just went over and over again, and I could tell him he was great twice, and I need more in the next words. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to learn. It is difficult to do. So then how do I pray in this manner? Your uh, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I told you last week, holy. He is worthy. He is great. He's exceptional. He is gracious. He is kind. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And when you start to declare that, some of that comes out of your mouth, you realize the biggest God you serve, your problems become real small, real fast. When you realize how big God is, suddenly the things that you thought were big are nothing in the presence of a great God. And that's why we do it, because we think that what we're going through is the biggest thing in the world, but He is the biggest thing. And we've got to get ourselves into a place where we can come before Him because He's awesome, not because He can provide. We should seek His face, not His hand. Sometimes I think I'm, I'm, I'm nothing more than a toddler. How my name's Jimmy. Gimme, 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 gimme. I just want stuff. God, I know that you can, if you really loved me, fill up my bank account. I have faith. I'm going to check it right now, Lord. Lord, I know you can. You haven't, but you can. It's always about me. It's always about me instead of about him. This is him saying, I'm going to teach you to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's where we're going to camp this evening. I'm going to skip right down. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now remember, this is a uh, blueprint. This is not your prayer. Sorry, that's me. Joe did ask. Your kingdom come. What, what's your kingdom all about? What is this thing? What is this kingdom? When we think about 
kingdoms, which we're not used to, uh, this this idea of a kingdom. Uh, When I was in South Africa, I did a lot of work into the kingdom of Lesotho and the kingdom of Swaziland. As a non-Christian, I probably learned more about the kingdom than than in any other time. I've heard, I've learned more from my staff about kingdom than I've ever learned in the church about the kingdom. That's sad, considering Jesus spoke about it quite a bit, right? Now, Isaiah 55, 89 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't know what you think it is, but it's not that. My ways are not your ways. I don't know how you do things, but it's not that way, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. And we need to be praying and trying to understand how God thinks, not trying to explain to Him how we think. Well, I reckon this is what's got to go, go down. And he says, well, hang on, I, I, what about my ways? You've tried your way, and how did that turn out? But all we know is that. God's ways do not line up with the way that we do things. And Jesus, he didn't come to fit in, he came to take over. The quicker you understand that, the quicker you realize when you're praying that you're on mission and it's his mission and it's his plan and it's his purpose, not yours. In three years of ministry, he did more than what most of us will do in our entire lifetime. And he turned up and he said he was going to do something and he did it. And 2,000 years later, we take tours and retrack the footsteps he took. And I always wonder, what's somebody, going to, what's somebody going to remember about your life? What's going to be written on your tombstone? Are people going to still want to know you when you're gone? Are they still going to talk about you when you're no longer here? Because everywhere that Jesus went, he turned the whole place inside out and we're still talking. He wants, to, he wants every area that we're involved in to be different. He wants a different culture. If you've ever been to a different place, you get there and it's different. When I arrived in Australia, it was different. There's a different culture. I bought a Coca-Cola and a girl said, I'll see you later. How, how does she know that exactly? How did she know she will see me later? I don't know her. How does she know? I'm in a hotel room. What, is she, what does this girl know that I don't know? I left there feeling very, very worried. Very worried. Right outside the King's Hotel in the city, I left there. I said to my mate, I said to him, he wasn't even a mate then. It was just a friend, right? Because South Africa, you can have friends. Here, they've got to be mates. And, and so I said to him, I'm nervous, bro. I don't know how that girl, there's something up with this girl. We can never come back here. We can never come back here. I was nervous, right? See ya. How, how do you know that exactly, right? There's something different about a new place. You know, when the, when the British or, or, or when, when, whenever there was colonization of a place, when the British would come in, right, they never came in and were like, well, you know, I kind of, I get it, I get it. You, you guys, are, you've got it all sussed and we're just going to kind of go with the flow and just see how it works out for us. They never did that. They would turn up and they would look at this place and say, right, if it doesn't look the way it was where we left, everything's got to change. There's a couple of things that you will always notice when there was, when they would colonize or occupied or took possession of, 
right? And as children of God, every place your foot treads, he's given to you. Why? Because you've got possession of it. You're supposed to take possession. It's supposed to be yours. But you can't say, this is mine. I'm going to leave it the way it is. No, this has been given to me on behalf of the Lord. It is for me to make sure that what I've been given looks like heaven, feels like heaven, sounds like heaven. Whenever they would colonize, you would see a few things happen. Number one, the rules would change. We don't like that too much, but that's what happens. The rules changed. The government changed. When they turn up and they took possession of a place, the government changes. The architecture architecture changes. How it looks must change. The dress code, that changed as well. Their behavior changed. Everyone's behavior will change. And importantly, their language changed. Now watch. As Christians, we pray because we're here to establish and to take possession of earth. And it's going to be here where we have taken possession of. That it needs to be like heaven. What we do is we go to God and we say, I'm here and this is what I want. Instead of saying, Lord, I'm here, what do you want? And the reason you don't know what to do is because you don't pray. And you think, yeah, but I don't know what heaven is like. I know, because you don't pray. But I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I know, because you don't pray. When we give our lives to Jesus, we must change. Anyone who gives their life to Jesus still looks the same I've got some questions. Everything around us must change. And we need to live to a higher standard. We need to build in a way that glorifies Him. That's why what we do must be excellent. It must be good. If you've got a business, it must be excellent. If you're leading a church, it must be excellent. If you're in a family unit, you should be excellent. In everything you do, you should strive for excellence. Don't worry about perfection. There is only one. His name is Jesus. But everything else, you should be striving to be the best of the best of the best. Why? Because you are representing heaven on earth. You don't turn up sloppy. If it happened in a business, I would fire you. I remember firing a girl for not wearing makeup. She said, I don't wear makeup. I said, good, I don't employ people who don't wear makeup. Now, in fairness, I got sued. But everyone now wears makeup there. You can hate me, but she represents that business, how she carries herself, how she speaks. She's the first person that walks through the door you know, she looked like she'd just been like been a car accident, side pony, like one eye, like just everything's all over the place, dressing sloppy, not carrying herself. Morning, what? Like, no, hang on, you're, you're representing something. You should be excellent at what you do. Everything should change. We should dress appropriately, not like the world. That's tough. Yeah, but they look cool. Mm. Yeah, they do. They look awesome. Like, lift your game. You're a child of God. Lift your game. Come on, everything should be changing. Our behavior. What was once socially acceptable is now no longer acceptable. Even where I work, I've said to the guys, mate, I don't know why you go home to her. The way you speak about her, she sounds horrific. 
Watch what you say about your wife. Watch out. Like, look out. Your behavior should change. If I walk into a room, I've said to many young people, I said, I love it when you invite me to your party. I just feel sorry for you because when I walk in and you look like everyone else, I know exactly where you are. You stop treating your body with disrespect. You start eating better. You start looking after yourself. You cut out the rubbish, the alcohol, the smoking, the drugs. But he made every green herb. Bro, go and learn something. Cut it out. Get rid of it. You don't want that stuff in your life. You've got to, and I know because when I came to church, that stuff, had, that stuff had me. But there should be a heart's desire to get rid of that stuff and to start to face his direction and change. I told you last week, I threw people off stages, threatened all the ushers, promised all the ushers that I would kill them. Uh, I did, like, I, it's funny now, but it's only funny because I've changed. It wasn't funny in the moment. Like some of the things are cute when you're three. They're not cute when you're 30. Like we have to grow up. As a child of God, grow up. Like look at your friends. Your friends are losers. Lose them. Get rid of them. You'll find better ones. And if you don't, you're still better off. Learn to speak differently. Gentlemen, grow up. Speak like a man, not a muppet. Ladies, choose your words carefully. You guys talk a lot. Pick them carefully. Pick them carefully. Like they can build or break. James, Jesus' brother, he would, if, if Jesus' brother is warning, I think we should listen. What would it take for you to convince your sibling you were Jesus, that you were the Savior of the earth? Like it would take a lot for my brother to convince me. But if he convinced me, I think we should be very careful and listen carefully to him. In short, if you look and sound like the world around you, you have issues. If you don't change, your life is going to take a path that you're not going to love at the end. I want to tell you something different, but I have to tell you the truth. And if you don't learn to pray, if you don't go spend time with God, you'll never hear what it is to change. Because sometimes when you spend time with him, we think he's going to give us this roadmap. Sometimes he speaks to us and he calls us things. Because he understands the power of words and he calls us healed. And he calls us mighty. And he calls us strong. He calls us victorious. And when you start to take that on board, you realize, wow, I can do this. I can make it. I don't have to fit in. I don't have to look like everyone else. With a little bit of hard work and maybe hanging around some better people and going to church more often and serving on team and learning how to make this thing practical, just maybe I can turn my life around and do something great. But we have to want that. And when you want that, prayer becomes something you desire because you get to go to Him and spend time with Him. And you don't leave feeling heavy, you leave feeling different. You feel empowered. You feel like, whoa, let's go. And we'll change the world. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you want to know what the kingdom, like what a kingdom life is all about, it says this in Romans, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You want to live like the world, you'll never find what God's will for your life is. We go, yeah, but I'm praying about it. Why? 
What are you praying about? It's written. What do you want to know? It's written. God, I just want to know what he's got for my life. It says it there. You will find out when you stop conforming and being like everyone around you, when you change your life, you recognize, oh, she dresses like that. I'm not dressing like that. Oh, he speaks like that. I'm not speaking like that. If you hear it in more than two or three of your friends and you realize that is not of God, I'm changing it in my life. I'm telling you very soon, you will find out what the will of God for your life is. I remember coming home, running a youth group, coming home one night and, and, and there was a whole lot of people and they were having a barbecue. They weren't in the youth group, so they couldn't come. And so I came a little bit later. I'll never forget this. I got there and they offered me a beer. And I didn't want a beer, and, and, but I took a beer. And I just, I remember standing there and, and it, like this, this moment, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm going to drink this thing. Of course I'm going to drink this thing because I'm thirsty. I've just come from like I've just come from youth. It was amazing what I'd just been part of, and I'm, I'm standing there. I want this because it looks delicious. It's free. I remember saying to the guy, "Is it wrong what we're doing though? Like, is this is this is this what it's about? Like, on one hand, you guys are encouraging me, and come on, man, change the world. You can do it." And then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, have a beer. And, and I just, I'm tr- struggling to reconcile this. I'm just struggling. I just don't understand. Like, you guys led me to the Lord, and now, like, you're proud of me that I'm, I'm serving God, I'm involved, and then I'm, but then you want me to be just like you, who weren't there, you didn't serve God, and I'm now going to church more than you. What's going on? And, and I remember that was the last time they ever invited me anywhere. That was it. I lost everyone. I lost every single person that I knew. Not one person. I remember complaining to a pastor. I said, you know, you lose everything when you come to Christ. You come to the church. The last thing I thought I was going to lose everything here as well, right? Like, and he said, no. He said, you've offended them. And he said, you want to get serious with God. He said, there's a lot more that needs to be cut away. And he said, but if you keep down that path, all of them will come back because you'll be stronger and they'll know where to go. Ten years later, every single one of them came back. At different times, they all came back. We're on mission. We're not here to fit in. We're here to take over. We're here to take over. You are on mission. At work, you're there to take over. You're not there to fit in. You're not there to just kind of make friends or just get paid. No. When you turn up, it's got to be different because you're there. And when you leave... They must feel the pinch of that. We lost a great person, a great employee. That person was amazing. We should have paid more. Amen? Now watch here, Matthew 28. And this is, the part, this is part of our vision here, Matthew 28, where you'll see it says, go make a difference, where I tell you guys, love, love God, love people, make a difference. This is it. I want you to make a difference in each other's lives. I want you to make a difference in the world around you. I want you to make a difference. Jesus spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Why? There's a new set of rules. There's a new set of ways of doing things. It's different. It's going to confuse people. 
I want you to baptize them. I want you to bring them into the house of God. But I want you to understand that they do not know what to do. They don't know how to think. They don't know how to say. So if you're sitting here thinking, man, this is full on. I didn't know half of this stuff. That's okay. It's okay that you don't know. It's just not okay that when you do know, you don't change. says, and yo, I'm with you always. That's a typo. Yo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. I'm with you. I feel so alone out here. I'm with you. I don't know what to do. I'm with you. I don't know what to say. I'll help you. I'm with you. Everyone's walked away from me. I'm with you. I'm scared of being a Christian. It's different. It's difficult. Everyone's talking about me. They're looking at me. They, I've got to dress different, speak different. I've got to say no to certain things. I've got to be held to a higher standard. I'm with you. Because you're establishing a different culture on earth. And you think that your friends aren't watching you. They're watching closer than you think. They're watching We should be going to God and asking Him to help us to achieve the plan and the purpose that He has on earth, not going and telling Him what we need so that we can achieve our plan on earth. Because the only reason we want to achieve our plan on earth is because we're like those hypocrites who want to stand on the corner. Hey, everyone, look how awesome I am. Last week's message was amazing, though, because I was so lovely. I was lovely. I'm holding on to that one. I'd like the media team, if you guys just put that up a second time this week. Question for you. Is this how you pray? My kingdom come, my will be done on earth. Make it happen from heaven. Or your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If I'm honest, for a long time, I prayed my kingdom come, my will be done. Right here, right now. Let's go, God. Let's go. Let's go. Turn up. I treated him more like the car guard than I ever did the Holy Father, creator of heaven and earth. I never treated him with enough respect. And when you downgrade him enough times to a God that suits you, it's called idolatry. I met a girl this week. Man, I'm going to tell you the story. I left there. I just, my heart was torn. To speak to somebody who is that deceived and who openly tells me, I will not look into what you've said today. I've decided, and even if I'm wrong, I'm comfortable with what I believe. That is so difficult to watch somebody do that. Just about it, just about kill. I was, I went through every emotion. I went out there. I was like, I'm gonna charge her extra. Can't charge her extra. I'm gonna pray for her. What's the point? I'm angry. Like I just every emotion. I don't have the answer. Maybe I'll just pray for her and charge her more. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. We've got to, we're going in prayer. We've got, to, we've got to go to him. Hey, you can, he has so many wrong things. Like you have a responsibility. Trust me, you have a responsibility to take what I've preached here. You have a responsibility to go home and to read it and to check it 
and to make sure that what I've said is correct. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Go God's way. And if I'm right, take it and change your life. But don't just go through, the, just, don't just go through life and just tread water. It's not, gonna, it's not worth it. Amen? Nothing changes unless we do. If it's not happening in heaven, what are you doing? Why are you doing it on earth? If it's not His will for your life, why are you doing it now? Perhaps it's time that we just hit the pause button in our lives and we get back to what matters most, and He does. We get ourselves into a posture where things start to shift again, start to change. I get sad when I hear that the last thing God told somebody is years ago. That means that was the last time they were spending time with Him. I don't want that for us. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. I don't need some prophet who went past 25 years ago, gave you a word. I don't want that to be the last thing to change your life. I want it to be the goodness of God today. When you're talking to people, man, you won't believe I spoke to somebody. Bam, something happened in their life and their leg was healed. I want to, I want to hear stories where somebody is, is telling somebody, man, I was in church and bam, I just something happened in my life. Or I went somewhere, I prayed for something. I was reading my Bible and something just jumped out at me. There needs to be now relationship with him, not one day and not last year. And if you don't go back to him in prayer, you're never going to hear from him. People go, I never hear from God. I know why. You don't pray. You think, yeah, but you always hear from God. No, I don't. I told somebody that recently. You always hear from God. Oh my gosh, I don't know what you know that I don't know, but that is not true. I'm more concerned about, God, how is it that somebody got a parking spot? How did they drive in there and you went there? And they found that part. How did that happen? And I've got some really decent things I'm praying about. Like some stuff that really needs to happen in my life. Like, God, I'm a wreck in this area. You need to fix me. Show me, tell me, get somebody. I don't know what has to happen. Find a team of psychiatrists. Let's get to work. I need this fixed. I can't go on like this. I hate it. I'm not good in this area. I suck when I say that. I need help. You need to change it. You need to rip it out of me. Pull it. Get rid. I don't know what you're going to do. I want that. And somebody's getting a car park. My gosh. I don't know what people hear from God. But whatever he told you to do last, do that thing. Because you ain't going to hear nothing more. He's not changing his mind because you turned up. Time to learn to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. There's something powerful about coming to Him, taking the few moments that we have in prayer, and close the door. If, you, if I can give you a tip, set a time and go there at that time. Right? Make an appointment. Say, Lord, at, at, at 6.30... I'm coming to spend some time with you. I get an hour. Well, I get 30 minutes, or I get 20 minutes, and I'm coming to spend some time with you. And keep your appointment. Maybe get there a little earlier. Set yourself up, notepad, pen, Bible. Man, as I read, I'm just, something's going to change in my life tonight. As I spend time with you, something's going to change. Lord, I'm grateful that I get to be here. There's nothing like you. No one comes close to you. 
You're immeasurably good. You're the best. You're amazing. The more I look at me, the more I realize how incredible you are. You're strong. You're mighty. You're powerful. You're gracious. I'm in awe of how amazing you are. You're holy. You're nothing like us. You're nothing like anything. It's just you're, you stand alone and you're, you were then the beginning and the end and, and you're the alpha and you are the omega. And as you start to share that with God, you realize your shopping list means nothing. He already knows. In the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm really struggling financially though, right? But he doesn't need you to bring that because he already knows. Lord, I recognize in the world around me as I was traveling from work, people's houses this week, I realized this world's not like the kingdom. It's evil and it's nasty and people are crazy as heck and they drive, my gosh, Lord. We really need teachers, Lord, that would teach. We really need, we really need people who would speak into people's lives. We need every leader, every politician to have a kingdom mind, to be driven with different ethic, different morals. We want the fabric of the society to, to uh, glorify you. We want everything in our life. We want people to look in and go, it's different. These people are different. They're, that place is different. That business is different. That Something is different about this. Show me, Lord. How do I help you? Who do I speak to? Where do I go? What is it that you want me to do? How is it that I can bring somebody to the knowledge of Jesus Christ that they may have a relationship with you? God, you need to empower me. You need to show me where to go. Lead me. You said you were with me every step of the way. I'm available. I'm available. Use me, God. Use me. I want it to be your way, not mine. I want it to be your thoughts, not mine. I've told you, and it's a, it's a place of being honest and vulnerable. Every time I preach, I take a moment and I say, God, within myself, I feel inadequate. I feel unprepared. I just, even as I'm standing, I just feel like I don't know enough. I, you, there, you can never study enough. You can never be prepared enough. And I say, Lord, I need to step back and under, recognize where I'm at. And in a moment, I'm going to step forward. I'm going to walk in that anointing and that boldness that comes from only you. And I pray that every fiber of my being would give you glory. Every thought, every word, everything that I've written, everything that I say, God, I make myself available to you. If your Holy Spirit would lead me somewhere, I'm going to go down that road. I'm totally yours. Use me, Lord. And I step forward into that and I determine I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And that is the only thing I'm going to do. And something happens for me. This boldness comes, this courage comes because I used to get off the stage and walk to the bathroom and throw up and throw up and throw up. And the truth of the matter is because I cared what you think. And I had to decide with myself, I'm not going to be deterred. If you come back, you come back. If you don't, you don't. But I'm going to preach the word of God and that's the only thing I'm going to do. And until you make that decision in your life, the anxiety sets in, the pressure sets in, the pain sets in. Everything other than God will grip you and hold you. And you have an opportunity to be free from that. And we haven't even got to any part of what's all about us. We're literally two lines in. And you're starting to wonder, 
How am I supposed to get through prayer, though, in like five minutes? Like, I don't have enough time. Prayer starts making sense. You realize, but I don't know how to pray for five minutes. I mean, you don't know how to pray for less than when you understand prayer. Everything in your life is going to change. You're going to be sitting there going, God, um, I really would have loved to bring, like I've got a whole list of things that I really needed to get to, but I've got like a Netflix program that I need to get to as well. I've got a second appointment. I just need you to kind of, in Jesus' name, amen. And something's going to happen on the inside of you. You walk out of that room, you sound gangster, like, yeah. You walk into work and it's good. When I built medical centers, I had a, my, uh, my uh, assistant was right outside my door. And one day I came in, I was all over the place. And I, I ran and she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I went, what? Amy, what? And she goes, you didn't speak to your room. You didn't speak to your office. And for the first time, I realized that she was watching. She was, I used to walk up to my office every day. I said, when I walk in this office, everything's about to change. I'm the boss of this office. My emails are going to be great. Money's coming in. I'm going to own this day. It's going to be good. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be great. I'm going to start this day well. I'm going to end it even better. I would speak things into existence, and then I would walk in and do my work. And some days I would like, he obviously didn't hear that prayer. Because my emails were terrible and things would happen. But people were watching that my life was different. And she ended up asking about church long before I told her. Come on, we'll close with this one piece of scripture. I'm hoping you would just think about things. 2 Corinthians 5, and we'll go from 17 to 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, stand in awe. All things have become new. When you give your life to Jesus, everything changes. The old is gone. Don't worry about bringing it with you. It's gone. Everything's about to happen. It's going to come new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us through, uh, to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's your ministry. I don't know what I'm called to. That's your ministry. I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. To reconcile people to Him. That's why we're the Link Church. I can't save you, but we can connect people to Jesus. We can do something. We can make a difference. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them. You don't need to worry about telling people how bad they are. And has committed us to the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, and we always read the beginning part, all things are new, and then we just leave it. Now then, if you've given your life to Jesus, now then, understanding what your ministry is, understanding what he did for you, understanding that even though you deserved a really good hiding, you didn't get it, he took your, he took your punishment. Russell took my punishment when we were growing up a few times, right? I deserved a hiding and he got it. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. That's who you are. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled 
to God. Suddenly your ministry starts making sense. Jesus gave his life for me. He took the punishment for something I deserve. And I get a fresh start and a new beginning. And I get to learn to change. I turn my attention to heaven and I find out what heaven had in store for me. And that I can be bold and I can be out there and I can be strong and I can be mighty. And that things will change. The anxiety is going to leave and the depression is going to leave and the pain is going to leave. And the hurt is going to be dealt with. And you start to get some, you start to get some momentum. And then you get an opportunity to share with people what God is doing currently in your life. And you get to share with them and help them connect their life to Jesus and And so we have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. And you're never going to find that if you don't spend time in prayer. You're never going to know. You're never going to know. So come on, would you bow your heads through this place? I want to pray for you. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at the Link Church, God bless.